With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to episode 37 of the Utabia podcast. I'm your host, Jim Chisholm, and I'm joined by examiner football writer Blake Welton. It's just us two today. The very, very much like Smith and Jones, some comedy double act. Absolutely. Um, Laurel and Hardy, maybe. I'm not sure. Uh, today, we're going to be reviewing last weekend's 2 0 defeat to Manchester United before previewing this Saturday's crunch match with Grand Theft Auto's West Brom. But before we do any of that, I'm going to point you in the direction of our sponsors, Beer52. Uh, so you log on to the website, type in the code Uddersfields, and you can be the proud owner of a £29 crate of beer for just £5.95, which is an absolute bargain, I'm sure you'll agree, Blake. Definitely. Right, so now that's out of the way, let's discuss what seems like our millionth game against Man United this season. 2-0 loss, but an encouraging performance nonetheless. No, definitely. Uh, as as you said at the start, um, you know you wait to play Manchester United about sort of fifty odd years, and then three games come in the space of a couple of months, um, and you know it wasn't very much a free game, really, wasn't it? It's FA Cup. I think David Wagner was saying all the right things about you know being up for the cup, and you know he wants to prioritise you know that and the league, but the league is obviously more important, um, and they went out. And they exited the cup valiantly in the end. No disrespect to their performance or anything. And I think it was the result that everyone was secretly hoping for. You used to think everybody was secretly hoping for a 2 0. I, I said last week that I just would rather get knocked out of the cup because we'd have, we'd have time for this messing about. Um, and it was a strange one as well, wasn't it? Because Man United were really up for this. And Town, although we put in a great performance, you know, it wasn't a particularly. Like you say, it was a free hit. I mean, there was a few empty seats as well. Yeah. So it was, it's a strange inversion. Man United need to win this game because they need to win something this year because Mourinho wants to win trophies. Yeah. Um, in terms of how we played, do you think we can take a lot of positives from that? Yeah, definitely. I, I think, I think perversely, it, it was the right result because they didn't get battered, but they put on a great performance and display. And I think it's a performance display, as you said, they can take a lot from. Um, I think with Moy being out um, and that Philip Billing stepped up, question marks for me still with with Phil in the sense of he he you know to, can turn it on, but it always seems to be when it suits him. Live game against Manchester United. Reminds me very much of the live games against Manchester City last season, and all the rave reviews he then got then. So, you know, great performance from him, but he needs to do it more against West Brom. I'd rather him have a turkey against United and you know play like the new Patrick Vieira 
against West Brom on Saturday. Um, again, a, another one. Danny Williams came in. Um, you know, Hog was rested. Williams was phenomenal as well. So they're they're two two key you know takeaway points from that. And and generally the the whole side played really well. So. I think moving forward um, to, to the West Brom game, um, you know, lots, lots of encouraging signs. Yeah, well, before we get into West Brom, I mean, there's not a lot to say about the Man United game, is there? Let's, let's be frank. We, we talked about it last week a lot. What we expected to happen happened. Probably played a bit better than we expected. But VAR, right? So that's, that's, that's the thing that came oh, out. VAR. That's what everyone's talking VAR. about. Blake, what are your thoughts on video-assisted oh. refereeing? Firstly, what did you think about the... the Controversial decision with the the matter goal, and then what are your general thoughts on VAR? Right. Uh, well, I was going to say general thoughts first, but um, the matter goal. Um, I, I think really Mourinho had a point in the at the end at full time and and after the game, where he wasn't saying you know VAR shouldn't be used, but it should only be used if there you know if 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 there is a real kind of clear doubt, and there wasn't a clear doubt. Without the VAR system uh, in place, I think anyone would have been happy for that goal to have stood. It, if it was, you know, stood because it was such a marginal decision, um, and the rep linesman, you know, no one came out and said the linesman got it wrong. Everyone was like, well, if it stood, it, it stood, and it was, you know, more than you know, okay and acceptable. So, I think Mourinho was right in saying it should be implemented implemented when there is a there's a clear um lack of you know clarity with it um and that and knee's length just seems a little bit ridiculous to me um but at the stage of the game it meant that town went in half time only 1-0 whereas if it was 2-0 it might have been more game over so swings and roundabouts um VAR, I just you can't get every Sky Sports every time in the press conferences ask every single week VAR. Oh, what do you think of VAR, David? What do you think of VAR? And David turns around and says exactly the same. He's not a fan of it. He's a traditionalist. He likes, you know, you know, the the, the game not being stopped. It kills the game. It kills the atmosphere. And I ha- I have to agree with him. I I think. Um, I'm worried for my job, um, because you know there's no you know if you if you how far you're going to take all this technology to not only slow the game down but any have any talking points, you know, um, most of the talking points in his you know so many talking points in history is like goals that you know should have stood shouldn't have stood, Frank Lampard against Germany, uh, you know England a few years ago, the the World Cup '66 was it over the line. Even like you know things you know this this idea of kind of feeling an injustice to your football team is part and parcel of the game. Even Leeds winning the European uh, trophy when they didn't because of refereeing and and being robbed and all this. I think it's you know it's part and parcel really. And I think you know um, I think the game is with all this technology and VAR, it it could end up leading the game to being a very sterile. You know, or, or maybe even a more sterile, you know, game than it already is with all Sky and and everything and and everything that's going on in it. So it's like Terminator. You just described the sequel to Terminator, basically, haven't you? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and then there's just an apocalypse at the beginning, and the whole of the game, as we know, it, is eradicated. Yeah, exactly. Which is not good. I mean, we had a we had a meeting with the HSA had a, had a meeting with other Premier League trusts 
couple of weeks ago in Manchester with the, the Football Supports Federation and one of the first things or items on the agenda was VAR so that the Premier League wanted to solicit opinions of fans and it was across the board a negative reaction particularly from fans who had been in a stadium when VAR had been used and it caused widespread confusion really disrupts the rhythm of the game I think another thing for, for me it's it's still a human at the end of the day it's not like it's not like cricket where there's an objective decision you know, it's or it's not like rugby where it's a, it's a try or it's not a try. Or even, it's not like the technology that we've used with, with goal line technology. I mean, it's it's over or it's not. Yeah. But with things like fouls, even offsides, there's still a level of subjectivity there, which just shifts the decision from one human being to another human being. Um, so for, for me, it's... It's just a waste of time. And I know where it's been, it was tried in the Confederations Cup, it wasn't particularly successful. It's been tried in the Bundesliga, I mean, that causes a controversy every week. The same in, I think, Serie A. I think the German, um, the, the players' trade union, whatever it's called in Germany, are dead, dead against it. And that seems to be the opinion of players and managers, not just fans. Um, and in terms of talking points, all it does is it makes VAR the talking point. Yeah. I mean, God knows I'm sick of turning on Match of the Day and listening to Gary Lineker and Danny Murphy or whoever talk about a foul or an offside or a dive for 20 minutes. All VAR does is it means they talk about it for 40 minutes. Yeah. It's So for me, it's just a farce and demonstrated at the weekend. So that's my United. We're out of the FA Cup. Great uh, shame. I, I do probably want to just say something. It's not just about, about the Manchester United game, but a few times prevailing over the weekend was fan encroachment onto the area into the pitch playing areas um at, at against Manchester United fans got on and celebrated and against you know Wigan Man City fans got on where, where are where are the lines of stewards these days um uh you know that's kind of the thing that I was a bit sort of taken aback where was the steward and the police and to make sure these things happen particularly at Wigan where did they not think well, there's a lot of fans here, maybe more than normal. What happens if Wigan does win this? You know, so that that was a, a talking point from overall the whole weekend. Really, that I was just, you know, I think in def- in defensive stewards, <laughs> you never thought I'd say. If you know five thousand people want to get on a pitch, there's very little that the biggest line of stewards can do. Yeah, um, and I think contra- perhaps a controversial opinion. Um, pitch invasions are alright in some contexts if you beat Man City and you're Wigan it's a bit of fun isn't it um, as long as it doesn't escalate I think at Man City it could have done but it didn't really um, at, at Man United you know I won't express an opinion because I didn't see it <laughs> as a secretary of a supporters association um, I won't go there but what I would say if that happened in another context is that Often the reactions of stewards are disproportionate. So you remember Man City at Bournemouth when I think Sterling scored and Aguero, they all went to celebrate and you got some choke, some Bournemouth fans, uh, some Man City fans choke slammed, essentially. Um, So there's a lot of stuff around that. You know, direct your inquiries to John Robinson, if you have any specific inquiries about Huddersfield Town. Um, But yeah, I think in some cases, very rare cases... Pitch invasion is justified. I'll tell you one thing. One time I was really impressed with Stewards. Um, I can't remember what year it was, but it was a Steel City derby at Hillsborough. 
and I think one of the sides needed something to stay up um, into in the championship and I think I think it was Sheffield Wednesday and they lost and they went down and obviously everyone ran about and all of a sudden everyone was running towards the Leppins lane and there was a, a whole line of fluorescent um, yellow jackets covering the whole of the width of the pitch and obviously you know people are still going to get through you know they'll try and get through but it's when you have a wall of yellow a la Dortmund you know Dortmund fans you know um, it do, it is actually determined but if you have one person putting his hands up and there's no the next person is maybe like you know four or five metres away from him it's like that's no determined so I just that's that's all my observation was on that was the fact that you know um, if you have the bodies you can make a wall and a line and it makes it a lot harder to kind of you know, run onto the pitch and start throwing stuff at away fans, as we did see, you know, at the Man City Wigan game, um, and that um, you can shepherd them slowly back towards, you know, the more of a safe zone, so to speak. So, but now, as I said, Manchester United done dusted, move on. Not can't dream of Wembley until another another season, apart from obviously against Tottenham in a few weeks' time. <laughs> yeah, there we are. So let's move on to West Brom. The big question is, is this a must-win for town? And is it a must-win for West Brom? Well, according to David Wagner and his press conference today, um, it's not a six-pointer because there's only three on on on, uh, on, on, on for the taking. So, you know, um, typical, um, you know, Wagner, keep playing it down, very philosophical, very realistic, um, and, and just saying what's happening at West Brom that won't affect them on the pitch you know they're still tough to play um, and we're not interested in that anyway we're just interested in ourselves so as what you always get off him you don't get much revelatory um, stuff in the press conference um, I think if I think it is a must win for um, West Brom um, because if Town are are the team just above the drop zone if Town go there and win they're then 10 points ahead of West Brom um, and I think you know that is going to be at least you know three wins maybe two draws and I don't think there's you know they're going to come back from that if they win it gives them a glimmer of hope and maybe they can do something like they did the great great escape under Brian Robson um, Town I would say um, a lot depends you want to go there and get something at least I don't think it has to be a must win for them but if you get a point at least it keeps them ticking over um, you go to Tottenham that's a, a bit like United a bit of a free hit maybe grab something with Tottenham having to play FA Cup replays Champions League games um, and then the must win games really are the the Swansea at home and the Palace at home Palace who may still be without Wilfred Zahar as well who who's really kind of been you know instrumental in their revival under Hodgson so I think those are the those are the two games really that are more of a must win but going to the Hawthorns and getting a point will certainly uh, help the cause no end so how do we set up so West Brom under Pulis tend to play four four two, get it down the wings, get to Rondon Rodriguez. Pretty dangerous at set pieces. Do we set up 
4-2-3-1, get Pritchard in the hole and go for it on the front foot, get some width by the wing-backs pushing up and play like we played against Bournemouth and to an extent against yeah. Man United. Is that how we go for it? Or is it, it's away, it's one point we're looking for, what do we do? No, I think I think because it's I think a lot of it also is also depend dependent as I said on West Brom having to really get some you know get a win out of it more than Town. So, you know I I think we should just take the game to them um, and play as you said um, four two three one um, and and get maybe Hog in there along with um, maybe Billing and say okay you had a great game you know you you know see if you can do it when it really matters. Um and then get the get the wingers bombing on and Pritchard in the hole um and that and and really take it and try and take Vargas hole be, being on about momentum try and take the momentum that we accrued from Bournemouth and the performance against Manchester United to West Brom um there's no point it doesn't make any sense to change that approach and and that now against West Brom um and that take it to the front foot and. Them being at home, hopefully get the crowd frustrated and on their back. Do you not think, to play devil's advocate, do you not think it might be a bit more sensible to take a more conservative approach, uh, let West Brom have some of the ball, draw them in and hit them on the counter? You know, we'll have one man over in midfield. Is that not a more sensible option? Then leaving ourselves, leaving ourselves open, particularly when West Brom are slightly more direct than a lot of the teams that we've played. If we push play with the high line, they've got two target men. Yeah, it can be quite dangerous. Um, it's it's the it's it's the you know you run that risk, and I think the first goal is going to be crucial in this. But I just I just think we're playing West Brom. No disrespect to West Brom, we're playing West Brom. We're not playing Tottenham. We're not playing Man United. We're not playing, you know. Um, You've got to take the game and fight and scrap and really show the the passion and really test and see if there is any characters in the West Brom side to, to basically, you know, um, you know, to 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 react and and to get a result. Um, I I think the characters in the town dressing room have, proved this season. You know that they're strong enough. Um, and I think let's put them under a bit of heat and pressure and see if they buckle. So who are the best players to? enact that game plan so you've you mentioned Hogg and Billing in the centre of the park would you go for the kind of settled back line we've had with Congolo Zanka Schindler and Hadiona that's, that's yeah, what I'd go for that, that's would, our best back four yeah. that's definitely our best back four um, and that defensively and going forward offensively as well getting balls into the box um, and then obviously we play Pritchard through the middle um, Ince on one side, Van der Parra on the other. And who up front? That's the big question. Well, I mean, is Depatra back or? Depatra is back. He has been training, um, and that. Um, but I would, I would stick with Mounier, um, and Depatra coming off the bench if needs be. You know. So what, what's your prediction? Uh, my prediction is, and and don't forget as well that the thing is with West Brom and. I know a few of the West Brom guys because of the Northern Ireland set up at one point they just seemed to be Northern Ireland's mm. second team they had Chris Baird there as well as Chris Brunt and Macaulay and Evans um, great guys but not really that much pace so um, I think you know we've really got to go on the front foot because you know they haven't really got much pace in that side um, and that so I'm going to go for 2-1 um, town and who scores um, Mounier off a flow 
um, cross for the first one. Very specific. Uh, very well. You, last time you ch- chastised me for not being specific. I didn't ask for an assist though. Well, I'm gonna give you an assist, and then the second one as well. Raji found the power coming into the box. He's putting pressure on the the back line with his pace. He takes a tumble, which is a legitimate tumble. Absolutely. Although it will be discussed on the uh, match of the day. Yeah, and, and, and if and they said you know would VAR have helped yeah. it or something. And Sean like that. Deitch will say something maybe. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, so yeah, he take and then there's a big argument of who's going to take it. And Rajiv said, "Well, I earned it, so um, <laughs> I'm going to take it." And Steve Mounier said, "No, Gaffer said you owed me one because I should have taken the last one." So Mounier then takes it and scores it. So I like it specific. I'd like to see what odds you get on that. I'm going to go for one nil town. And I'm going to go for, I think Tom Ince is going to score. I'm going to predict every week that Tom Ince scores. Until he does. Until he does. He's like, I'm going to grow my beard out until he does. Like when everyone was waiting for Mandela to be freed. It'd be exactly like that. Right, so that's about it. But is there anything else you want to discuss? What's happening at the examiner? Any exciting things in the pipeline? I mean, you spoke to Ben Thorne last week, didn't you? Yeah. How was that? Yeah, no, it's, it's really interesting. We, we, we obviously... We want, you know, no disrespect to the the current town setup and that, but there's only so much, you know, the current setup can say. So it's it's quite good speaking to Ben. Ben had an awful lot to say. I was only looking to get a preview for the United game, but um, he was he had a lot to talk about. I asked him. He he was obviously class of ninety two with the academy, um, and that and Giggs Beckham. So I asked him about you know what was going on with our academy and what he thought, and he said it it made sense to him because you know he said he finds it so ridiculous that kids as young as like under 10 are being targeted and putting in academies and they haven't developed they haven't had any life experience they haven't had any um you know growth or anything um so he said concentrating on the you know over 16s you know makes sense as particularly with the catchment area we've got there's going to be a lot of talent at the likes of Manchester City, Manchester United, that the club just won't know what to do with. So, um, so yes, yeah, so, but that was really interesting uh, having a chat with him and that, and hopefully we we'll have a chat with uh, another load of ex, you know, ex players in the past because I think sometimes they've, you know, it's quite interesting to put the current situation and the current club into the context of history. So, you know, um, so yeah. Uh, other than that, I don't think really too much is happening. Nothing too exciting. Right, well, I guess that's a short podcast. There was only two of us, though, so yeah. can't be grudges. Um, can't be whittling on. It's no, not too long. Not us two either. No one <laughs> wants to listen to us two talk for yeah. how long. Well, thanks for listening. Get over onto iTunes and give us a five-star review. As I say every week, only five-star reviews. We don't want any four-star reviews. We're not interested in them. And in the meantime, keep the faith and have a very good weekend down in the Birmingham area. Cheers. Ik wilde alle, alle nieuwste telefoon, niet omdat het moet. Nu bij Tele2, de Huawei P20. Omdat het kan. Voor een genadeloos lage prijs. Check tele2.nl voor de beste deal voor jou. Niet omdat het moet, maar omdat het kan.